I am so glad. 9 a.m. crowd was up. We were a little bit down, few in numbers. Thankful for you guys storming the cold, coming out here. Especially knowing, because Pastor Kelly gave you all a warning last week that I'd be speaking this week, and y'all still came. How sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet of you guys. Well, I am excited to share with you guys this morning. If I can be honest, first service I felt was just a little bit uh, choppy, I guess to say the least. Uh, I have a lot that God has given me to say, and I'm trying to spit it all out, and uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's just going to all come together, and uh, he's going to speak to some hearts this morning. Every time, I'm, uh, every time I get to speak on this stage, I'm just seriously humbled, uh, really, to think about how many people have spoke on this stage um, you know, our founding pastors, Pastor Ken and Connie Goins, um, we used to have a lot of evangelists come through. We'd have a long, uh, we'd have pretty lengthy revivals. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but we had uh, several week revivals going on here every night. And uh, um, I was basically here for all of them. Just like, I don't know if y'all noticed last week in the baptisms, uh, our middle, our, our new family, uh, one of our girls got baptized, and she was saying that she used to come to church off and on, but she said now that she lives with Ben and Amanda, she comes every day. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, basically every day. Um, we're here all the time. But anyways, I am, I am in just incredibly in awe of me getting to stand on this stage. Like I said, you know, some incredible speakers, incredible pastors have been up here. So I am in good company. Also, every time I come to this stage, I'm humbled about what God has brought me through, um, you know, not difficult times, just the growth, the growth that, I, that I'm proud of. I'm seriously proud of the growth that he has done in me. Uh, I, surprising enough, I've actually been doing this for a while. Now, I know what you think. I'm only 24. I still have all my hair. Uh, it's not thinning out yet, praise God. There's no gray in this little goatee of mine. Um, but I got an early start. I got an early start. I remember my children's pastors, Jeff and Wendy, they let me speak uh, to the children one time. And I think it was Jane maybe got a video of that. Somehow there was a video of that. I wish it didn't exist really um, because it was just me reading the story of Samson, my favorite book. Uh, I was just reading that. And then uh, actually after I watched that video, I was critiquing myself, giving myself a hard time, even though I was like 10 years old. just talk or just thinking about you know how silly I was to only read the Bible and to not have you know all these good bullet points and these three points to get you on the track to a better you and all this and then after I got to thinking about the word is what it's all about anyways if I came to you guys this morning and just read you the word then it would be a successful Sunday morning because God's word is a lot a lot greater than what anything I have to say so Speaking of the word, we are going to read a little bit of it. We're going to pray. God's going to speak to us. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. And just go ahead and stretch your hands this way. Um, it's for your sake, trust me, that the Speaker, be blessed this morning. God, I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you for your presence that's in this place. Lord, I thank you for a community of believers, Lord, for your children gathering together, God, to hear from you. So that's what we want this morning, Lord. We want you to speak to us, God. God, allow myself to get out of the way, Lord, and you speak to your people this morning. Use me, Father. I am your vessel, and I thank you for the word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, everyone said... 
Amen. That's probably the only amen I'm going to get out of y'all this Sunday. So, got to get it while I can. So, our pastor, has, has our pastor, seriously, he's not here, so if I brag on him, it's like from the heart. Uh, our pastor has been preaching his butt off this year. He has had, that's a little too accurate because the dude doesn't have a butt at all. But uh, that's besides the point. Totally besides the point. He has really been coming every week, incredible sermons in this series we've been in called Resolution Road. Resolution Road. Does anybody remember what week one, Resolution Road? Saying yes. Good job. I didn't remember. I had to ask him and he was mad because I had to ask him. But no, week one, saying yes. Week one of Resolution Road was saying yes. Saying yes, uh, that's where basically the Resolution Road begins. Saying yes to what God has for you. Saying yes to the will of God and the calling on your life. And week two, anybody remember week two? Okay, now you make me feel a lot better. All right, week two was the process. Week two was the process. And honestly, this is where we tend to lose a lot of people. Week one, we say yes, we're pumped up. New year, new me, we're going to do a lot of great things. We see this uh, end uh, goal we have in mind, and I see it in church. I see it in our gym, our fitness center that we own. Like, everyone gets pumped up to make a change, make a difference, but then they begin the process. And the process is ten, or usually tends to be where we lose people. We have that breakthrough moment, we get hopped up, and then we learn that it's not just a one decision of saying yes, and we're there. We're not just, we learn that it's not just one salad that we eat, and we're healthy all of a sudden. It's a daily decision. It's a daily commitment. It's a daily sacrifice when you're living for God that you die to yourself so that more of him can be glorified. And it is a process. Just like I said a second ago, it's been a process for me. It's been a process for Amanda. It's been a process, you know, in my spiritual walk. It's been a process for me serving the Lord. It's been a process for me leading my family and our new extended family. Um, It's been a process in my ministry. And it's all just this truthfully a beautiful process. And again, to sit back and look at what God has done is incredible. And then last week, week three, anybody remember that one? Yeah, poor Pastor Kayla. He would be so discouraged. Uh, Again, I didn't remember it. Repentance repentance. Last, last week he talked about repentance, and he talked about true repentance, what that looks like. And so many times we get ourselves, again, we get ourselves, our actions, our choices, we get ourselves in a hole, and we, you know, we beg God, please, Lord, save me this time. I pinky promise I'll never sin again. I won't do this again. You know, you just save me this one time. And then typically when we get out of that mess, We get ourselves right back in it. But a true repentance is accepting the grace that our Father has for us, but then making a turn. That's a making a turn in your lifestyle uh, decisions, your lifestyle choices, the choices you make every day to not get yourself back in that mess, but use grace. The grace empowers you to live a godly standard life. Amen? Amen? Amen. So now we are at week four of Resolution Road. And as you've seen just a second ago, we are talking about the living word, the living word, the word of God. I've said like 20 different titles for this, the word of God, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, the living truth, all that. Anyways, it's the word of God, the living word of God. I had this thought, um, I guess it's been about, it was somewhere around September, October, somewhere around in there that God began to give me this word. But I had this thought, I think we we're in a church service and I realized there was a bunch of people that had their Bibles. Who brought their Bibles this morning? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, bringing your Bibles. Um, I had this thought that, like, it was amazing how the Word of God, the Bible, was everywhere. 
especially here in the South. I mean, it, it's hard to go into a house and, and not find a Bible. All the hotels, the Gideons, you know, they provided all those Bibles. And I'm not even talking about, you know, now we have it on our smartphone, on our tablet. Uh, we have the Version app, so we have the Bible with us basically wherever we go. And I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, an actual hardback Bible, how incredible it is that it's everywhere. Did you guys know that there is uh, over 100 million Bibles printed every year? 100 million. That's crazy. That's a lot of Bibles. Uh, it actually holds its own Guinness World Record for being the highest selling book, obviously, uh, at an estimated 6 billion copies, like since before 1900. 6 billion copies. That is a lot of the Bibles around. It's truly incredible to think about, um, but as I was thinking about it, I felt like God told me, yes, the Bible's everywhere, but show me an open Bible. Show me an open Bible. Show me someone buried into the Word. Yeah, we all have Bibles laying on our nightstands, but let's see when those Bibles get open. Let's see when we get buried into our Word. Those are a lot less common, a lot less common to find. Uh, and I think there's a few reasons for this, and that's actually what exactly we're going to talk about today. Uh, there's a few reasons for this, um, but I added this in uh, last night as God was speaking to me. I think one of the causes is our accessibility. The Bible is so convenient to look at. We have a copy everywhere. We have it on our phone. And our accessibility to it, our access to the Bible, has spoiled us a little bit. Truthfully, it has spoiled us a little bit. Uh, have you ever heard this phrase, you never know what you got till it's gone? Anyone ever heard of that? It reminds me of there's this video that was taken. Uh, there's a video taken somewhere in China. And when I watched the video, I cried. I didn't cry at 9 a.m. Hopefully I won't cry this one again because I'm an ugly crier. Uh, but there's a video taken somewhere in China that's as specific as I can be. I just know that it's a place where Christianity is illegal. And uh, there's these several Chinese families, and they're gathered around. It's like a lowly lit, I guess like a basement, you know, somewhere, a secret location, a, a little hideout that they've gathered together, uh, and they're all hovered around this box. They're all gathered around this box, and, and smiles on their face, they just begin to open the box that's full of Bibles, the box contains Bibles, and there's only a few of the Bibles, so as they're handing them out, they do something crazy. They start ripping pages out of the Bible. And as I'm like, oh my goodness, this is blasphemous, like someone's ripping the Word of God, this is terrible. They're actually, there's not enough Bibles to go around, so they'll rip pages out, and they'll send families home with them so they can hold on to that Word. And then I got to reading about it later on, and they'll go the next week when they come back and gather together, they'll all switch the papers They'll give someone else another book, and then they will get a new book, and they'll go home, and, man, they hold on to it. They cherish it. They hold on to it because they know that's all that they have. That's the only access to the Word that they have. And, again, I don't ever want to take that for granted. I don't ever want to take that for granted that we have the Word of God uh, right next to us at any point in time. So I'll just go ahead and give you my main point for this whole thing. If you don't give, get anything from this, you will also learn that I'm a really, really simple guy when it comes to speaking. I've got a small vocabulary, and uh, I don't talk very long, so it's like a win-win for everyone. Um, but if you don't get anything from this, get this today. We've got to be getting into our word, guys. We've got to be getting into our word, okay? That's all there is to it. There's no exceptions. There's no, uh, nothing we can use to stand on as a crutch. We have to be getting into our own words. But somewhere along the way, we've got that twisted. We really have. I don't know if it's a kind of an upbringing thing or what it was, but somewhere along the way, we've got the, the, the mentality that we can have a relationship with God and not having a relationship with his word. 
All right? That was so nice, I'm going to say it twice. We, have, we think that we can have a relationship with God, but not have a relationship with his word. And, uh, and we, and, and I say we because I am guilty as well, we're quick to pray. We're quick to pray. We have prayer nights, even though those have been dwindling down since the beginning of the fast. We won't talk about that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're quick to pray, and we're even quicker to worship. I think our church worships like nobody's business. I think we have a, a powerful worship experience every time we come together. We're, so we're even quicker to worship, but I don't know if we're as quick to, to get into our words. And again, I don't mean to beat you up. Um, I don't, and I, I say we because I myself am guilty of this as, as well. So today we're going to cover some lies that we've believed about the truth. Lies we've believed about the truth. I called this myths about the Bible, myths about reading the Bible, or, you know, anything like that. But I like it, lies that we've believed about the truth. And I promise you guys, I'm not going to speak long, um, but I do believe God has something for us to say today. But before we start covering these fill-ins, I just, I need you guys to understand something. I'm smart enough to know that I can put on my snazzy shoes, my suit jacket, I can come in here looking all... I was going to say fly, but that's not even a cool word anymore. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Looking uh, handsome, I guess. Looking sharp. Whatever I prepare on this outside appearance is not going to make a difference if I've not prepared my heart. Okay? And I, again, nothing I can do on the outside is not near as important if I've prepared my spirit and I've readied my heart. Now, listen, I love a good preaching message more than anything, Okay? I love when the preacher breaks out and the Holy Spirit and then he starts taking a lap and then someone else gets filled with the Holy Spirit and then they start taking a lap. Aaron, when you came out here, I thought, I thought Aaron was going to be preaching. I was, like, I was like, I guess leave Aaron with the mic. I was like, he's going to be preaching today. I love that. I love that. I love that passionate worship. I love it when we get, uh, I guess, quote unquote, riled up. Um, but this isn't one of those messages, okay? Uh, Again, I wish I could say that I'm going to be shouted down this morning, but I'm not. And um, that's okay, because what I've got is from the Lord, all right? It's from the Lord. God is going to speak to some hearts. And we love those, we love those shouting messages, but we don't love those correcting messages very much. So um, that's just my uh, forewarning for you. Please note that I'm still the loving, funny Ben that you guys all know and love. And can take me out to eat after this. Um, uh, but yeah, like I said, I wish I could say uh, you guys are shouting me down, but more than you guys shouting me down, I want to know that y'all receive what I have to say, okay? I want to know that the words that I'm speaking get planted into your hearts, uh, and, and you, you know, just receive it in your spirit, and then you just begin to process it. That's what I tell my young people all the time. I say, I, hopefully that your face of confusion is you, like, taking all this in and just trying to process it, like... That's what I tell myself, and it makes me feel a lot better. So, um, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Also, this morning, just know that I don't, I don't have to pump myself up. I don't have to work up this courage to come out here. I don't have to work up this confidence of, of you got this and, and speak with this boldness. I'm, I'm reading the Word of God. I'm reading the truth. I don't have to present it with a loud voice. I don't have to say it confidently because it is truth, okay? Um, so I don't, uh, again, um, you know, there's no need to, uh, 
No need to shout, no need to yell or anything like that. Um, that's not a lack of the Holy Spirit being in this place. Uh, the Holy Spirit, more than he does, than give us a feel-good as he corrects us, all right? So, and also please note that everything I say is backed with Scripture. So let's do this. Uh, lie one, lie one that we're talking about, lies that we've believed about the truths. Um, my wife loves to go along with Pastor Kelly and go ahead of him and fill in the blanks and try to guess them. Yeah, I just left y'all a line, so there's no way y'all are going to be getting ahead of me, uh, you know, doing anything like that. I just left total blank. This is something that God is also saying to me. I'm going to say this, and, I, and I, again, I don't articulate my words very well. Um, I don't, you know, sometimes Pastor Kelly would do it where, like, all three of the fill-ins start with a C or anything like that. Uh, these aren't worded beautifully. They're not rhyming, nothing like that. But when I tell you one of these, if you have something to word it different that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about, then you write that down. You put it in your own words like, God, this is what I'm doing. Uh, again, I just want him to speak not to us like as a group, but I just want him to speak to individuals today, all right? I believe that's what he wants to do. So lie one, I read the Bible enough on Sunday mornings. I read the Bible on Sunday mornings. That is a lie that we have believed about the Bible, that we read the Bible enough on Sunday mornings. You could word it, I get fed on Sunday mornings. I feed on the Bible on Sunday mornings. I get enough of the Bible in me on Sunday mornings, however you want to word that. It's funny because I've heard people with issues about the pastor and about the church that they weren't getting spiritually fed enough. So there's people on both tokens of this. There's people that say, I feed enough, I eat enough of the word on Sunday mornings, or there's people that want to complain and be mad that their message isn't spiritually challenging enough and they're not getting enough of the word. Uh, first thing, that's kind of a weird analogy, but the Bible is filled with weird analogies, so we'll just roll with it. Um, if you're having to be fed in any way, you got some major issues, all right? If you're having to be fed, and when you are having to get fed, then there should be a greater issue. I remember uh, when I had my foiler wreck, I was not sure of the age. I was less than 10. Uh, that's what all this is going around. Uh, you know, my scar right here. I think plastic surgery did a pretty good job, if I must say myself. Uh, they put me back together pretty nice. That was a joke. Jeez, goodness. <laughs> Come on. If I can't get an amen, I want to get a laugh at least, something. But anyways, um, after my surgery, my, my jaw was messed up pretty good. Uh, this side of my face, uh, again, they had to do a lot of plastic surgery. Uh, my whole right arm, totally jacked up. Uh, but I remember at that time, other than being a baby, that was the only time that I had to be fed. That was the only time I had to be, that I had to be fed that I couldn't feed myself. And guess what? My mom doesn't feed me anymore, okay? If my mom still fed me, that'd be kind of weird. That would be an incredible sign of a lot of immaturity. But that's what we come in Sunday mornings expecting for the pastor to feed us we got to feed ourselves, guys. we got to feed ourselves. We can't just rely on the pastor to give us the word. We can't allow the pastor just all of that weight fall on him. We have to be feeding ourselves. And another thing, just more on Sunday mornings, I'm a 240-pound dude. It's pretty obvious I'm eating more than just one time a week, okay? <laughs> really obvious. Uh, a good six meals a day is what I like to keep it at with a few snacks in between. Um, play, pray for our grocery bill because it's, it's terrible. But I'm eating more than just one time a week. If I just ate on Sunday morning, truthfully, by Sunday evening, I'd be starving. Truthfully, by Monday, I, I, would, be, I would be just gassed. Um, um, 
And I, again, I got, uh, I got scripture to back this. This is Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, very common verse. Uh, he answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in the word. When we did our three-day fast, when we did, uh, again, like I said, we, we did liquids only, uh, and, and my job is very physically demanding. Uh, I'm staying on my feet all day. Uh, I'm lifting a lot of heavy stuff. It's very physically demanding. Yo, without having no food, I was, I was struggling. I was struggling hardcore. Day two, I really thought I was done. And I got to thinking about it, and I was just like, just like my body has went out without food, I want, I want it to be like that when I go without the word. When I go without God's word, that I can feel it. I can feel my, my spirit man just being so hungry, just so hungry, saying, feed me, please. I'm wanting the word. I want that kind of, do I have that relationship right now? I'll be honest with you, I don't really have that yet, but I'm getting there, and that's what I want, and that's what I'm saying about this. We have to be eating more than just one time a week. Eating more than just one time a week. Amen? Amen. Lie too. Lie to all of the Bible doesn't apply to me. All of the Bible doesn't apply to me. It sounds silly to say, but it happens every day. Happens every day. All of the Bible doesn't apply to me. Again, you can word this as you need to. Please note, the Word of God is not a menu. The Word of God is not a menu. You can't come to the Word. You can't come to the Bible and begin to pick and choose. All right, it does not work like that. You meet anyone that has a diet that consists of just desserts, sweets, and junk, it is not very beneficial to their body, all right? You can tell. They have signs that show all around. You get what I'm saying, all right? If you eat just desserts and you eat just junk like that and the sweets, it's not going to be beneficial for your health. And I feel like so many people, I heard a pastor call it Gracetarians. He said people in the church are acting like Gracetarians. We live on grace, but we don't want any correction. We live on grace, but we don't want any correction. And I, I, I know that it's hard, and I know it, it sounds tough, but we can't just be living on donuts and sweets. We have to have something we can digest. We have to have something that nourishes our body. Honestly, Amanda is one of the best cooks that I know. Seriously. Um, my mom was in the 9 a.m. service, so I couldn't say it then. My mom, my mom doesn't cook very well, all right? I'll be honest, all right? She does not, oh, are we Facebook Live? Come on! Y'all got to tell me that stuff. Man, my mom was going to find out. Oh, goodness. No, listen, seriously. Amanda is one of the best cooks I know, all right? I love, and I, I don't mean to sound like old-fashioned, and I really don't mean to offend anyone if I do, whatever. Um, but I, I love that uh, Amanda's a stay-at-home mom, and every, every evening when I come home from work, she'll have a, a great dinner planned or a great dinner already made. And I really, uh, I, I'm so very grateful. I tell her every time, thank you, babe. For I know that you've been working. Um, and again, I don't mean to just brag on her like that, but it, it's really the truth. Uh, so she'll have this awesome meal planned, and I pretty much eat all of it because um, that's just how I roll. But on days that I get rained out from work, on days that I'm not able to go to work, and when I stay home, I, I try to help her. And if I'm not on Judah duty, then, you know, I'm helping her in the kitchen. I'm sitting there holding the spatula. I'm really good at eating the food. I'm not that good at making it, I'll be honest, all right? Just not a good cook. That's all there is to it. So I'm just her little helper, and whatever she asks for, I help. So she'll tell me to get the chicken or the beef out of the fridge. I get super excited. 
I like a lot of protein. This is going to be a good meal. Everything's shaping up. Everything's getting in it what I like. She gets the cheese. I love the cheese. And then she'll say something, you know, like, get me the garlic. I'm like, are you sure? Because garlic is pretty disgusting, and even animals don't eat it, I think. But she'll tell me to get the garlic out. I'll get the garlic out. She'll tell me to, you know, get this, let's say, rosemary. She puts rosemary on stuff and, like, Anytime you eat rosemary, that's what the meal tastes like, is rosemary, okay? Can't take anything else. It's just so bitter. Anyways, I just don't like that spice. I don't like that seasoning. But I don't argue with you, all right? She's the cook. She knows what she's doing, okay? So what she tells me to get out is what I get out. So she's cooking it all together. She keeps adding these spices that I don't like, and I get real nervous, like, you're ruining the meal. This isn't going to be that good. But then at the end of it, oh, it's this magnificent creation, this delicious meal, all right? So many people want to go through the Bible and pick and choose and pick only with the stuff that they like. The end product is not going to be good. The end product is not going to taste right. It's not going to make any sense, all right? We can't, through, we can't go through and pick and choose just the things we don't like, the words that we don't like, the words that maybe we don't understand or that challenges in our faith, all right? We can't just go uh, through and pick, what, pick, out what we lo- pick out what we like and leave what we don't want. And I'm going to give you guys an example of this. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a coffee cup verse if there ever was one, right? Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for, plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you hope. We like those promises. We like that feel good. We like that knowing that God is for us and he's not against us. But when Jeremiah literally and the entire rest of the book of Jeremiah He's getting on to the people saying, you have to quit sinning. You have to turn from your wicked ways. You have to make, uh, you need correction. Those aren't the verses we really like, huh? Now, I know what you're thinking. That's Old Testament. God was really, really mad then. And then New Testament would just serve a totally different God and something switched. uh, And now we live under the New Covenant. I'll give you guys an example from the New Testament. Romans 8.28 that's another, that's another verse to start your day with right there, all right? That's another feel good. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That's a promise that I hold on to. That's a promise that I love. But we don't want to apply verses, and we don't want to read verses like 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. I'll go ahead and read it to you. Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Remember, this is Paul writing. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, continue to engage in idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not inherit God's kingdom realm. That was actually in the Passion Translation, so it could just come across as loving as possible. We want to hold on to those promises, but those verses that that cause us to to change some things that, that bring about conviction. We're a little quicker to leave those verses out. Amen, Pastor Ben. Like I said, <laughs> I know it's good. God's speaking and dealing with some people, though, and I believe that. So we can't just eat the desserts, guys. We've got to get something in there that nourishes us, that nourishes us. Lie number three. I'm blowing through these, ain't I? I'll be honest with you. My, surprisingly enough, my feet really, really hurt in these shoes. Um, <laughs> They fit when I bought them for my 11th grade prom, but they don't fit anymore. <laughs> That's a true statement. Lie number three. Uh, lie number three, the Bible isn't relevant to today's culture. 
The Bible isn't relevant to today's culture. Uh, the Bible doesn't apply again to us now. To it's not modern. It's not uh, relevant to what's happening in our society and our culture. Um, you know, you have the Church of Ephesus, the Church of Corinth that Paul writes letters to, and these people are having issues dealing, uh, listening to the authority of the pastor. The kids in the congregations are having issues listening to their parents. Uh, again, this was all back in the day. This wasn't applying to now. Uh, the people were actually trying to sue one another involved in legal matters. So there was a lot of same-sex attraction going on. Uh, and again, that was all in the old church, and that doesn't happen today. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For, the, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core being of where soul, spirit, bone, and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. That first part is what I want to focus in on. The Word of God is living and effective, all right? God is a lot smarter than to write something that's just going to apply to those people and not apply to us today, okay? He's a much bigger God than that. He sees the entire big picture. He wasn't just looking at the first church, the New Testament. He was giving us words. He was giving us uh, instructions that will apply to us forever because the Word of God is living. It is alive today, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. That brings us to lie four. I told y'all we're going to blow through these, get out of here early, and it's going to be a great day. Uh, life four, this is the big one. I don't get anything from reading the Bible, or I can't ever remember anything that I read. How many of y'all have said that before, huh? How many of y'all have sat down and just said, God, I'm, I'm going to dig into your word today. I'm going to read this, and, you know, as I read it, I'm going to get so much uh, biblical insight and wisdom that I'm going to look like T.D. Jakes when I speak. Um, <laughs> So many times that happens. So many times we sit down and we read and we go through and we're like, what in the world did I just read? None of that makes sense. And then we get discouraged because the next day we read two chapters the day before, but we can't remember a single word of what happened. I'll be honest with you. I've been there. And I got to thinking about it, and uh, this is how God kind of spoke it to me. I am currently on two social networking uh, apps. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, all right? I'm pretty sure combined I've posted like 20 times in a good seven years, so my presence is not very, or my presence isn't, yeah, known on there that well. Truthfully, I have Facebook because Marketplace and I can trade trucks and Instagram. I control my young people and anytime the girls put pictures of the see your belly button on there, you know, I have to call them out on that. I called, I called a girl out first service. I'm not going to do it again, Anagail. Um, but, <laughs> no, Anagail's sweet. But for the rest of you, I'm watching you. And I will find out y'all are posting too much skin showing. I've got to call you out. So, uh, I, like I said, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You can look at my screen time. I don't know how much time I spent on there last week. Probably wasn't too much, but honestly, it's probably more than I care to admit. And of all of the posts I've seen, of all the pictures that I looked at, all the articles I read, I probably can't tell you one or two things that I've seen on there last week. I'd say if we went around the room right now, all, the, all of our combined time, which again, is probably a pretty scary number, uh, uh, combined minutes that we've spent on Facebook last week, all the posts we read, I bet we can't remember 30% of it as a congregation. But I, get, I bet this week 
we get back on Instagram, we'll get back on Facebook. Huh? It's not going to make a difference if we remembered it or didn't remember it. We're still going to get back on there. And again, if we can do that with a social media account, we can do that with the Word of God. Even if you're not remembering it, you still consistently go back to it. You still consistently get it in your mind, get it in your heart, get it in your soul. You go there and you read and you allow it to speak to you. And again, if you can't remember it, then reread it again. Reread it again. You're not wasting your time. It is the most, it's one of the most valuable things you can do with your time is getting the Word of God in. So you think that reading the Bible doesn't make a difference. You think reading the Bible isn't going to change anything or, or the words, they're just you're, they're hitting your mind or hitting your eyes and just bouncing back off. Nothing is, is, is getting put in. Uh, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper, especially prosper, in the thing for which I sent. That word that you're putting into you will not return void, guys, all right? That word that you're reading, that word, those verses, that scripture that you take in, none of that is going to return void. That is all for purpose. That is all for a reason. You are planting good seeds. You are planting good uh, nutrients into your body when you take those words in. And I also love what this word means because it frees me up a lot. When I speak a word to you guys, when God speaks through me, my part is done. My part is done. I'm, I'm just the messenger, and then it's your turn to take that word. It's your turn uh, to do something with that word. Um, again, to allow it to not return void, but, but be for a purpose, be for a reason. If Pastor Bob could go ahead and come on up. I don't know where he's at. You guys are getting pumped. I'm already about to close. I see the looks on your face. There's two words in the New Testament, two Greek words that the New Testament gives us concerning the Word of God. One of those is called rhema. Rhema and logos. Logos is translated, it's, it's the printed Word of God. It's the actual, the Scripture. Our Bibles that were inscribed, the letters that were written thousands of years ago, even in the Old Testament, authors that we don't know, you know, we don't have dates on just how old it is. All of that that was, that was written for a purpose, that was written for a reason, that, that printed word of God, all of the disciples' letters, all of the apostles' letters, all of that, that printed word of God, that is the rhema, or that is the logos, I'm sorry. But then we have the rhema. Then we have the rhema, which is the living word of God. It is freshly spoken words by God. How many loves it when you get a word from the Lord? Huh? Nothing better, is there? That is a freshly spoken uh, word from the Lord, rhema. That is the living word. And as I was, I was studying these, uh, it was just so incredible, uh, just what God was revealing to me and speaking to me. Um, you have those two different words, and there's a pretty close line in between those, one being the living word and one being the printed word. Rhema and Logos. But under the power of the Holy Spirit and under the anointing, the line between those disappears. You not only have a printed word and you not have a living word, when the Holy Spirit uses that word, they become one and the same. That word that's so old becomes new, it becomes living, it becomes active. And when it's spoken to you, again, that's what changes our hearts. So what am I really trying to say? The power, if, if you guys, if we gave this Bible to just a random person off the street and he began to open it, began to read it, it's probably not going to make a lot of sense to him. 
There's a lot of things he's not going to understand, the genealogies, the laws, anything like that. He's not going to understand. But when we read it with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we allow him to speak through it to us, that's when God reveals himself. That's when we find out more of the Father's heart for us. That's when we begin to understand who he is and what he wants to do. I've said for a long time that the most important thing we can do is worship and the most important thing we can do in pray. Those prayer and worship are essential to your walk with Christ. All right? They are essential to your walk with Christ. I, don't, I would challenge you can't really be a Christian without the two. But without reading this, I don't know what worship is. I don't know how to worship. Without reading this, I don't know how to pray, my Father which art in heaven. This is the instruction. This is where I get that from. It's all based on the word. You guys can go ahead and stand with me, please.